0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Macberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. We are going to have a great show for you today. Where is everybody? Donde estan todos mis amigos? Apparently, we are not. Let's make sure that we're streaming because there are a whole lot of people missing. Normally, we have the crowd in by now, but what's going on? Anyway, folks, welcome to Politics Done Right. Paul Fleming is in the house. Melanie Keelan from... Barcelona, Spain is in the house. ABQ in the house. Michael Rudnan. how is everybody doing today? As I as I continue to queue our program up, please remember, folks, that um, today is an interesting day because guess what has happened? The DA in New York has filed suit against the charlatan in Congress. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's running one of the committees that is trying to force him to give information, well, guess what? It seems like he's, uh, you know, uh, it, it seems like this DA is not going to be one to be messed with. So as it turns out, the DA is fighting back. It is great to see when you actually have Democrats, progressives fighting back, isn't it? Isn't it great when we have these folks fighting back. And that is exactly what we have right now occurring, folks. Anyhow, let's see where people are starting to show up. Para ver paravet, para ver Paul Fleming. Well, we're still kind of skimpy. I'm just trying to make sure that before I really get started with the program, before I really get started talking, that all our bars are in, that all our emails are out. And it seems to me like they are in fact getting out. So uh, we, we'll we'll kind of shoot the you know what for a minute until we get more of our folks into the fold, which they are starting to sum up on the different platforms. We don't want to get started because we got a good program, we've got a lot to talk about. We want people to be around. We need people around to start talking about all this good stuff. Anyhow, folks, um, you know, I, I did I did three important videos that I'm that I'm installing right now that I think you guys are gonna like. For those of you that are on podcasts, uh, I think you're gonna really enjoy listening to Michael Steele what he had to say about some uppity kind of folk. I think you're going to like what the the, the uh, Democratic Congressman, the sole Democratic Congressman from congressperson, man. From uh, Louisville, the Louisville, Kentucky area, one, one, and only one Democrat in that seven or eight person—I think it's an eight-person delegation—and how did they at- attain that? They turned Nashville, Tennessee, into a pie that eventually ended up into rural areas. The perfect gerrymander to remove any potential. Uh, proportional representation of democrats in kentucky i mean imagine if these places weren't gerrymandered as they are today there would be much better representation anyway folks anyway as i continue to get uh get us ready welcome aboard let's see alistair waters is in the house uh we're we're slowly picking up now the people are slowly marching in i don't know what took it so long i don't know if the title of my show created some sort of a throttling but we are down about 80 percent of what would be here by now so i hope the emails go out in time anyway michael Rodden says uh egberto got three minutes greg papajip san antonio spurs coach had some words about gun control and republican in action following the mass killing i sure do and i think i would you know what uh i am going to start with that as people start to show up because i saw that and i was so darn impressed with what popovich has to say but you know popovich has been saying stuff like this for a very long time he doesn't take any bull he's out there and he will just come out and talk so Let's go ahead and play that one for you guys, what Popovich had to say. Let me blow this up a bit so that you guys can actually see see, uh, see him. Okay, let's go. Let's go, Popovich. Let's hear you.
1: Can they imagine that happening to theirs?
0: Let's start it again.
1: Jim Jordan, whoever of them have kids or nieces or nephews or grandkids, can they imagine that happening to theirs? Are they incapable of knowing what that's like? I mean, and you know, I wrote—I couldn't believe it, so I wrote this thing down. This Senator Marsha Blackburn, her, her comment after was after the massacre: "My office is in contact with federal, state, and local officials, and we stand ready to assist." In what? They're dead. What are you going to assist with? Cleaning up their brains off the wall, wiping the blood off the schoolroom floor. What are you going to assist with? Okay. And, then you, and then there's Governor Lee. You know, I'm sorry to go on and on, but Bill Lee. I'm closely monitoring the tragic situation. Please join us in prayer. What are you monitoring? They're dead. Children. They're dead. When I pick up my 6 and 11 year old grandkids at school, when I'm here at home, on the way, it goes through my mind that I hope they're going to be okay. And most of you in this room, when we were in school, we worried if Nancy would dance with us on Friday after the football game or something. That was, that was our anxiety.
0: It is, imagine that that was our anxiety, what we were going to do. And now it's so much different. Here's the second one that, uh, that Rudin is asking us to play. I hope this one is different. Let's see what it says.
1: The amendment, the freedom. You know, it's just, it's a myth. It's a joke. It's just a game they play. I mean, that's freedom. Is it freedom for kids to go to school and try to socialize and try to learn and be scared to death that they might die that day? But Ted Cruz will fix him because he's going to double the number of cops in the schools. That's what he wants to do. Well, that'll create a great environment. Is that freedom? Or is it freedom to have a congressman who could make a postcard with all his family holding rifles, including an AR-15 or whatever. Is that cool? Is that like street cred for a Republican? That's freedom? That's more important than protecting the kids? I don't get it. You know, the greed of the gun lobbies and the manufacturers is obvious. We all know that. Money talks, but the cowardice and the selfishness of the legislators who are so scared to death of being primary and losing their job losing their power losing their salary you'd like to get each one of them in a room just one by one and say what's more important to you if you could vote for some good gun safety laws that most of the public agrees to would you do that if it saved one kid or is your job and your money so important to you that you would say screw the kid? What's what's in your mind?
0: And the last one here it comes.
1: Or you know Lindsey Graham or Jim Jordan, whoever of them have kids or nieces or nephews or grandkids, can they imagine that happening to theirs? Are they incapable of knowing what that's like? I mean, and I wrote, I couldn't believe it. So I wrote this thing down. That this Senator Marsha Blackburn, her, her comment after was after the massacre. My office is in contact with federal, state, and local officials. And we stand ready to assist. In what?
0: Actually, this one was the first one we played. I we think he assist- gave me a duplicate. um uh, Radin. That was a duplicate from the other one, and I'm looking at the codes right now, and it is in fact a duplicate. The first and second ones are, are, are the important, but Popovich has been saying this for quite a while now. Popovich has been outspoken on things like health care. He has been outspoken. I, imagine it has to, it's a coach, a, a basketball coach that, uh, you know, that we have to use. Many of us progressives have to use his notoriety to get heard, it's not like he's an expert on that, but he's a sensible human being, right? All right, okay, welcome aboard to the, the show. Let's see who else we got on. Uh, Yvette avery Well, welcome to Politics Done Right. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are kind of a, on a slow start today. I don't know where most of our folks are. Let's see, Paul, for says I sent this video to you this morning, but I know you're busy. What happens, uh, Paul, is if you send it to my... Um, what is it? Messenger, the, the, inst- the messenger from Facebook, that is one of the things that doesn't give me notification. Uh, if you, if you have something that you really want to get up and about that I can put on, meaning that I'm not going to get into, let's say a copyright issue or something like that, throw it like uh, Rodnin just did into the feed in real time and explain what it's about. Like, um, Rodnin has, and you know, we'll, we'll get that out. I think I've, I've seen some of your stuff and played before. AVQ says, it's fine. I don't see any of the other usual suspects on board. We can do without the drama and misinformation for a day. Maybe a lot of folks are embarrassed for what's going on right now. Who knows? That may be what's happening. But anyhow, let's continue with the program. Let me get, uh, get back to the right screen. Look, Carl Cox is already here. He says, I have already commented today. Great one as usual. And Paul Fleming says, "Yeah, okay. Anyhow, folks, I want you to listen to this particular video. I'm going to start with Tennessee because, again, we're going to talk a bit more about Kentucky with with, with Kasich and with the uh, with with uh, Mac, Mac, Garvey, Mac Garvey as well. So let's go ahead and talk about what Michael Steele had to say about the two black young articulate." representative that were expelled from the Tennessee legislature. Let's see what he had to say about that. Remember, all of this also has to do with these guys protesting weapons of war in Tennessee. Now we have weapons of war in Kentucky. It seems like the states that have the most ridiculous laws are the ones that, you know, have the most killings, but they don't care. They're just killing their people. Anyhow, let's listen to Michael Steele and then we'll take it on the other side. Michael Steele, chair of the Republican party. He gets it. He understands what went down here. I want you guys to remember three Democrats because the Republicans would not take up any issues on guns. After the session was closed, they went on into the well and they started to talk. Okay, now. They were all three put up for expulsion for actually a protest, expulsion out of the legislature for a protest. So all three of them, two young black men and one uh, older white woman put up for expulsion. And of course, when the vote was all over, only the two black men were expelled from the uh, legislature. They asked the, uh, the white woman who was not expelled, why is it that you weren't expelled as well? She said, do you really have to ask? It's because of the color of my skin. Well, uh, it this didn't go unnoticed by uh, Michael Steele. Listen to what he had to say, then we'll take it on the other side.
2: And the people raise their voices and they say, uh, this is who we want. This is what we want. Um, I, I really hope America pays attention this and, and understand the power you already have in your hand. Our founders gave it to us. Um, these institutions and the individuals that we've elected to serve in the, in the roles in these various inst- institutions have grown beyond their capacity to serve. And when that happens, this is the check on that. When the people say, no, 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 this is the brother we want. He is. The the best of us that we want to send to your body. And you will respect this vote, and we're sending him back to you. Uh, And that's a powerful moment um, for for Justin, and it will be a powerful moment for Representative Pearson when his community does this. As we move beyond this moment, we have to appreciate what the Republicans did in the first instance, but also understood why they did it. This was their way of saying, You can't get bigger than we want you to be. You can't represent your people unless you do it the way we want you to represent it. Now, we understand, you know, as citizens, you know, if you break the rules, okay, there's a price to pay, but it's not expulsion. And yet Republicans wanted to make a point. They wanted to send a message. They wanted to make sure he understood that we don't accept uppity black men in this chamber. You need to understand your place in the role. We get to decide your behavior, whether it's outside or inside the balance. We don't care who sent you here. We get to decide whether you stay or go. And I find it interesting now that, you know, the Speaker of the House making it very clear, Nicole, oh no, 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 he can come back down if he plays by the rules, he gets to stay. (laughs) We hope you learned your lesson. And that's the message. And what this community just said is, no, you don't understand. This is the lesson you need to learn. We the people still have the power. And so it's gonna be incumbent now for people to understand who really represents them in in, in all these levels of government and take action to safeguard their democracy by sending people who are the best of them to represent what they need to have happened in their communities on their behalf at this moment.
0: Michael Steele nailed it. Even in the speaker's defeat, as these two young men, uh, one already approved to be sent right back into that legislature, and one who will be sent a, in a couple of days thereafter back to the legislature, even in his dissent, his comment is yes, they can come back in as long as they behave. So, what if they did the same thing again? Will you expel them again? I hope they do the same thing again. Because the truth of the matter is, This is a representative democracy and Justin Jones and Justin Pearson are there to to represent their people. And the decorum that they talk about in the legislature should not be a subjective decorum, meaning it applies to some, but not to all. Michael Steele nailed it. We, of course, Michael Steele nailed it in this one. I mean, he's been nailing quite a bit. Actually, uh, Pearson is not back yet. Pearson will not be back until tomorrow after they uh, they go ahead. I think that his district will meet tomorrow to uh, reinstate him. And uh, they cannot... Uh, John Cotter, how are you doing, my brother? They cannot be expelled for the same thing next time. They will have to find something else. Exactly, and John, where are you? Are you here in town, or Are you back in uh, Japan, or at some far lands with your big flying bird? Anyway, um, let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says we're just to uh, we're just to injustice, and we know how to fight to the death uh, of necessary for justice. The world today don't care about the color of skin. We just want to live in peace for all to be safe from harm, which is absolutely true. Always remember what I said. The only things that we did based on race was to create dissension so that the few, the plutocracy, can flourish. This has nothing to do with us as individuals, as people. That's why I I, I continue to promote, the reason I continue to promote unity among everyone It's because I understand that we are being played. And I'm trying to get a lot of my folks on both on the left, on the right, to understand that we're all victims of being played by a plutocracy. That's why I when you hear me talk about love, 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 it's not it is not just a platitude platitude that I'm talking about. It is something that I taught myself to beat the plutocracy. If you can look at every human being and, and care for every human being, then the plutocracy cannot win they depend on dissension remember that that's my little uh that's my little humanist sermon for the day but anyhow what was uh, michael steele talking about when he talked about the power of the people i i kind of cut it up i did two cuts one the five minute cut and the one minute cut i'm gonna play the five minute cut here just on the five minute actually because uh, i i wanted you guys to see to feel the excitement in the room, to see the power of the people in the room that put Justin Jones back into power. I thought this was beautiful. As I watched it, I said, I got to cut it in a manner that really shows the power of the people. Tell me if I attained that. I think I did. Check it out. Republicans thought they were going to make a point, kick out two young up and coming Black Tennessean out of their uh, their House of Representatives or out of their legislature. It didn't quite work out as they expected, because guess what? As soon as they kicked them out, starting with Justin Jones, Justin Jones was just replaced or placed right back into the legislature pending another election. And we know during that election, because they have so raised his stature, that he will likely win it permanently. So again, he goes right back into the uh, uh, legislature tonight and he likely win the reelection whenever it comes in three months or so. Check this out.
3: Starting Mayor Cooper,
0: you are recognized,
3: Mr. Mayor. Uh, Well, thank you, Mr. Vice Mayor. Um, This afternoon's vote is unprecedented, but so was the action taken to expel members of the legislature. Voters in District 52 elected Justin Jones to be their voice at the State House, and that voice was taken away this past week. So let's give them their voice back, and I'd call on this body to vote unanimously right now. To do just that. Thank you. Of uh, the council rules of procedure. This special meeting of the Metro Council is being held for the following purposes to announce the vacancy of the Tennessee House of Representatives District 52 seat, to discuss Council Rule 49 procedures, and to elect, if determined by this body, the election of an interim successor. I am hereby announcing the vacancy of the Tennessee House of Representatives District 52 seat. Councilmember Murphy, as chair of the rules, committee you are recognized
4: thank you vice mayor i would like to move to suspend rule 49 parts 1 through 6 and to immediately take nominations from the floor and vote today to fill the vacancy
3: all right are there any objections to suspending the rules seeing none rules are suspended all right all right. So, in order to do this, because the rules have been suspended, we are asking anyone who wants to make a nomination to stand. Councilmember Porterfield, you're
5: recognized. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I would like to nominate Representative Justin Jones. All right. right Councilmember Porterfield
3: has rec- has nominated uh, Justin Jones to uh, become the uh, interim successor, properly seconded by Councilmember Sepulveda. Are there any further nominations? Seeing none, without objection, nominations are closed. Uh, I go back to Councilmember Porterfield. You are recognized, and you will have five minutes in which to speak.
5: Thank you, Vice Mayor. Colleagues, I stand as a proud resident of House District 52. On August the 4th, Representative Justin Jones earned the most votes in our Democratic primary, allowing him to advance and win.
3: Ready? We are ready. All right. So uh, we are going to be on the board. If you are for the election of Justin Jones to be the interim successor for the vacant seat of Tennessee House District 52, you will vote aye. If not, you will vote no. Mr. Clark. Clark, open up the machines. Votes are in. Mr. Clark, close the machines. Take the vote. I 36, no jail.
0: so we can keep moving um justin john so again this is what democracy looks like if you participate if you execute they can do nothing to you foreign simply tyranny again this is how democracy works Man, as I watched that, the, I, the tinglings that went through my fingers, my head, everywhere was tingling just to watch it in action. Let's see. Michael apparently you and Igberto are right. I thought I had heard that this district had already made the decision. No, it's tomorrow, my friend, tomorrow. Anyway, welcome, Maywood. Welcome, E2247. Welcome, John Cutter. Welcome, Kenmas Olvide Llamar. Lee Grant is also in the house. How you doing, Lee Grant? El Señor Hermano Grant está aquí también. Uh, let's see who else we've got. We've got okay. So people are coming in now. You guys have been late today. I was getting worried. You know. Anyhow, uh, let's see what else we have here. Oh, John, I will be at the mayor's interview. In fact, I'm the one live streaming the interview for the the mayoral the mayoral uh, candidates tomorrow at the EBEW B E W mañana. So that's what's gonna happen. I'll be there, so I'll see you there tomorrow. John Cotter says, the voice of the majority, not the minority. Tom C. is also in the House, and Tom C. says, Charlie Kirk, TPUSA president, it's worth gun debts so we can have the Second Amendment. Having an armed citizenry come with a price so you can defend yourself against a tyrannical government. Ooh. I mean, you know, the... the all this, all this terminology that these people use, I don't know if they're mentally impaled. I don't know if they're mentally deprived. I don't know what it is in their minds that they could make an argument like that, Brother Tom. See, because here's the thing. If you are willing to say this, you are willing to say it's good we some people must get killed because we better have an armed citizenry so that if the government gets out of control this armed citizenry can mitigate said out of control a government of course that was elected by we the people a government that is placed in danger by those with the AR-15s because they want to have a government not represented by the people, but one that can be gerrymandered into power, one that can be forced into power with all kinds of voting, uh, uh, voting obstructions. So you see, yesterday I spoke about most of what you hear from Republicans is something that they see in a mirror. In other words, when they're speaking, they're speaking about the things that they believe. When they they accuse progressives or Democrats of certain things, it's generally the things that they are doing. Listen to Kirk now. Kirk Kirk has to be, uh, something has to be wrong in his mind. He thinks that arming americans with ar-15s and ak-47s and m16s and all these guns can somehow go up against an m1 tank it can go up against an f-16 an f-32 a f-7 15 you know a b1 a b2 a a b52 that is what we the people have as an arsenal So having a whole bunch of clowns with AR-15s and AK-47s has no chance if we had a tyrannical government. The way to prevent a tyrannical government is for all of us to participate in government and for all of us to believe in democracy for all, not democracy for some, democracy for all. That's the only answer. It's amazing the arguments that these people use, and it's amazing that too many have a tendency to believe it. Tom C. I want to read that again because it is simply ridiculously, and it shows a I mean, if if I don't think he believes what he's writing. Because if he believes what he's writing, a second grader could pretty much say, I'm sorry, I don't think an AK 47 or AR-15 can work against an M1 or against a missile, a a Sidewinder missile, or I don't think it can work against all these things. So unless we start arming ourselves with uh, tactical nuclear weapons, start arming ourselves with torpedoes, start arming ourselves with all these kinds of big, huge weapons that we likely could not afford, what's the point, right? Uh, So when he says it's worth... It's worth gun debts so we can have the Second Amendment. Having an armed citizenry comes with a price so you can defend yourself against a tyrannical government. You have no defense against a tyrannical government. You have to prevent a government from becoming tyrannical. Now, listen to what Lee Grant says. Egberto, one of the lessons of Vietnam is that A small, lightly armed force can defeat the military of a superpower. Stay strapped. No, that's not what it proved at all. The United States had no intentions of winning the Vietnam War as they did winning the Second World War. Let's, let's, let's get some teeth, some logic in here. The United States wanted to defeat Japan. They wanted Japan simply defeated so that it would not be an inherent danger to the United States or to the Western powers that would, would, that would come up. And what did they do? They annihilated not only the Japanese military, but the Japanese people. They dropped two, two nuclear bombs in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Okay, that's what they did. When they really wanted to act, they did. So my dear brother Lee Grant, using vietnam as an example is a poor example it wasn't the little arms that saved vietnam it was that we decided we didn't want to annihilate vietnam because the rest of the world didn't want that and it would make things complicated but those those lightly armed uh vietnamese were weren't our issues in fact Many would have liked the Vietnam War to just go on forever, like they wanted the Afghanistan War to go on forever. Why? Because it funds the defense industrial complex with a whole lot of money. While our, American, our poor American brothers and sisters go to Afghanistan, go to Vietnam to die, the defense industrial complex gets flushed with our tax dollars understand how war works so when daniel says okay we lost afghanistan with tanks and planes against cave dwellers with ak-47s should we talk about the Viet Cong? no you're wrong again if we wanted to win the war in afghanistan if we wanted to win the war in vietnam we could have but what we would have taken to win the war we had no interest in doing so okay let's understand that and bridge mcps like the british government stayed in northern ireland okay all right doesn't matter how many little arms and and stuff they had The, the the government had tanks northern ireland could never get their independence from from great britain right I mean, all the evidence is out there. Again, it just takes one other level of indirection to think. Just one other level of indirection, not just taking what the right take tells you at face value, which is what too often, too many of my brothers and sisters on the right do. They don't do any deep thinking. They just do what. It's what's told to them superficially and they articulate that. They just regurgitate that, that stuff. I, that is the danger of the right-wing machine. How, 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 how they just choose people who do so little. Bridge MCP is in the house. She says she's just popped in to say, hey, I just said, uh, I've been, I think we missed you for a couple of days. So I had to drop a text to make sure you're all right. Make sure our peeps are... Doing just fine. E two two four seven says War made easy. How presidents and pundits keep spinning us to death, two thousand seven. Anti-war documentary, no paywall and full film. Oh, that sounds like an interesting film, E two two four seven. Uh you should put that in my in my uh the the place where Paul Fleming put all my messages, a direct message to me. Breed says, When was the last time the US had a war on their own soil? Hmm. Thank you, Bridge. Exactly, 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 exacta mundo. Okay. I want to move to Kentucky. And I want to talk about um, how, let me see which one of these I'm going to play first. Uh, The the, the Democrat, uh, his name is Morgan McGarvey, had a lot to say. And I was proud of this guy as a progressive, as a Democrat, that he was not scared to go political a day after what has occurred, because I think it's important. I think now is the time that we ought to show what this brother had to say. Listen to this brother, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Before I go to it, though, it seems like Carl Cox says, wrong, Egberto. We could have never defeated enemy in Vietnam and Afghanistan, even if we stayed in both places for a thousand years. No, uh, that you're, I, I, I beg to differ, Brother Cox. What we would have done if we really wanted to win in that place is simply destroy it, which is what we did to Japan. Okay. We use such power to destroy the, the, to destroy most of the second layer of management. When the first lair who's always protected the king came and signed the armist not the armistice, but the surrender, we could take over the place. And as far as if we wanted to stop the flow of equipment into Vietnam, Vietnam is so very small, we could. The thing about it is we only fight half wars. If we really wanted to fight Vietnam, there's no chance at all. Don't be fooled by what we see on TV. All right, let's go ahead and play that first one. Kentucky's lone Democratic Congress uh, man, his name is Morgan McCarvey. This is a guy that supports pretty progressive costs, including the, liberal, uh, the legalization of marijuana, uh, general government provided healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He came out strong that is the kind of Democrat, in my humble opinion, and I don't know much about this guy, I just know about what he did at this press conference. But right here, one day after these mass killings, he had no problem making sure that it wasn't political, but humane. He pointed pointed out that while Republicans are very happy to be banning books and all these things, where they should be concentrating on uh, providing safety for the American people, They are not. This is how we should have progressives. This is how we should have Democrats talk. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side.
6: I am a person of faith. I was raised in the church. We've raised our kids in the church. Please, if you are a person of faith and you want to give us your thoughts and your prayers, we want them and we need them. Our community is hurting. But we need policies in place that will keep this from happening again, so that thoughts and prayers do not have to be offered to yet another community ripped apart by the savage violence coming from guns. Look at what's happening. I had somebody tell me the other day, don't make this political. Fine. Don't make this political. People's lives aren't political. Public safety isn't political. Put those policies in place that put people first, people over guns, kids over guns, public safety over guns. Because that is what we need to address this problem. I'm an optimist. Maybe to be a Democrat in Kentucky, you have to be. (laughs) But I have seen us come together in the state legislature where I served before being elected to Congress, working with some of my conservative colleagues to introduce crisis aversion rights retention laws that would help temporarily remove firearms from people in crisis. This investigation is dynamic. It is ongoing. But we know this shooter purchased an AR-15 rifle on April 4th. We know he left a note. We know he texted or called at least one person to let them know he was suicidal and contemplating harm. But we don't have the tools on the books to deal with someone who is an imminent danger to themselves or to others. We can do this. We can come together at the federal level working with each other to solve this problem, which is impacting all of us in a uniquely American way and get universal background checks so that people who shouldn't have a gun can't buy one, that we are taking weapons of war off of our streets, that we are helping people who are in crisis. That is not a political issue, but it becomes one. When Kentucky Republicans would rather ban books and pronouns, and then make Kentucky a sanctuary state for weapons. We are hurting. And no matter what policy we pass, no, it will not bring back these people. This will not bring back our friends, our neighbors, and our loved ones. We will continue to get the resources for our community that we need will continue to work to make sure that we have the policies in place that keep other families, other loved ones, other kids from going through this tragedy again.
0: Now, it was even made a funny joke. He said he's a hopeful guy. And he said, I guess if you are a Democrat running in Kentucky, you must be hopeful. And he did win in a tight race a seat as well as uh, well. Louisville also has a Democratic mayor, fairly progressive mayor. So all in all, if I I think if more politicians would be fearless in calling for uh, the banning of these weapons of war, if more would come out with uh, pointing out that most Americans believe in having good sensible. Weapons of war control. I think we would make a very big dent in what's going on today. But right now, as it turns out, we have a field that is just being obliterated by the NRA. We spend- absolutely so, absolutely so. Okay, let me start with what the, uh, Daniel Ledo had to say. He said. Hey, welcome aboard, Bruce MCP. Or hear me, Bruce MCP. Hey, welcome aboard, Bruce Pollard. Uh, uh, I, I look. I don't mind saying, uh, you know, if I thought I was, I, I mean, we we have to agree to disagree here, Carl Cox. I, I don't. If you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, right? But there are too many countries in the world. You know, let's look at China, big country, one point something billion people. They uh, there's massive force that the government used to prevent the the arms and etc from getting in if they want, because that's a repressive government that they want to do that. That's the type of government that they have. All right. Um, so if a government, we the people, without objection from the average, we the people want to do something, they will. How long has Cuba stayed as they had? How long has China stayed as they had? How long has North Korea stayed as it had? And I could go country after country after country, where, again, the big power of the ones who have the big guns ultimately win. Now, why it doesn't happen in, in, in Vietnam is we are not willing to carpet bomb the entire damn place to make sure that we, we close down all avenues of traffic of weapons into the system. We could, if we wanted to, uh, I mean, um, it's a very small country, and, it's, and as much as it's full of a selva, meaning the bush, a lot of bush, it could be done if we were willing to inflict the cost that it takes to do it. If we were willing to do to them what we did to the Japanese, it would be done. And I could, and you know, now in America, the, the reason, again, uh, in, in the case of what uh, Mr. Lado has to say so. Egberto admits that military fights half wars. Yes, I do. Just after telling us that the military would carpet bomb Austin. No, that's not what I said. I didn't say the military would carpet bomb Austin. I am saying if people took up arms, if some militia took up arms and put enough people who disagree with what the militia is doing, yeah, they'll carpet bomb the confounded militia, and it would be the end of the militia. I mean, we we the people have. The, we the people have the weapons to do it. I'm sorry. It's, you know, it, it, it's impractical for one to believe a bunch of uh, ill-equipped uh, um, yahoos with AR-15s and AK-47 are going to march down with all the military gear that they like to play around with in the jungles of Indiana and, and Michigan and all of that, and they're somehow going to make a difference. Uh, it's a joke. They'll get a lot of people killed those militia folks get, will get a lot of people killed, but they're a joke when it comes to if they were really to get involved with fighting a, a military of the people. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, Michael Rodden says There's four, there are four things we can do about sensible gun control. Uh, universal background checks to prevent new gun sales getting in the hands of terrorists, felons, and white beaters. Red flag laws remove guns when somebody when there is cause. And three assault weapon bans, which were widely effective at lowering mass shootings, actually lowered it by more than 25%. And enact universal health care, Medicare for all, which would include mental health. Exactly. Exactly. You solved the problem. Uh, Mike C. says, bridge MCP, since, uh, he didn't have any criminal background. However, he didn't, br- he did break the biggest law, the prohibition against murder. Despite so many laws, people who want to be bad will be bad. He shouldn't have been able to get an AR-15. If he had a pistol or something, maybe one person would have died. Somebody else could have jumped him. But when you have a weapon of war, it's hard to do that. Uh, let's see. Tom E2247 uh, says, wars 45 increase are being continued by Biden. I agree. As if Obama was still POTUS, I agree as well. Tom C says, if any group... Should carry arms against a tyrannical government. It's progressives. The MAGA GOP is trying to take away our rights on every front. Fortunately, we believe in the justice system exactly, right? Carl Cox says, we bombed the Ho Chi Minh every day and they still got arms to Vietnam. Again, like, like, uh, like Ledo inferred, we had 50,000 people in Vietnam. Yeah, I think it was fifty thousand in Vietnam at one time. I don't think I don't remember the exact number. I know it was forty six thousand that died. I think at any given time we had about fifty thousand people in Vietnam. It wasn't a real war. It was an incursion. If we really wanted to shut down, we would have had to invest into a war to shut that down. We just were not willing to pay the cost to the defense industrial complex Tom's uh let's see. I think I read that one already. Uh, ABQ says, Tom, C, yes, we progressives still need a, believe in nonviolent political revolution. And Daniel says, LOL. So, Alberto's strategy is to kill as many Americans, women, and children as possible. Nice. Wow. It's amazing how you can. It's amazing how you can get from one place to the other. Remember what I tell you about magical thinking. Anyway, let's go to the last video, which is a Republican, John Kasich, coming around. Now he wants a million person march, something that we've done before, to try to get under the gun control modal. Let's go. This one is hard to believe. A Republican governor, our former governor, John Kasich, comes out, and what does he want? A million person march against this policy of not making sure that these weapons of war are brought under control, a Republican ex-governor, of course he's not in office now, maybe that's why he has the Pelotas to do it, but let's go ahead and listen to what uh, this, this, this little interchange and then we'll take it on the other side.
5: Can you explain to me the reluctance on the part of Republicans, it seems broadly across this country, to do anything when it comes to, to gun. I'm not talking about gun restriction, gun reform, to make it harder yeah. to get a gun, to make it harder to keep a gun if you have problems. I mean, just looking at the, the law in, in Kentucky, and I just want to remind our viewers, and I'll, I'll tell you as well in case you didn't you missed the top of the show, um, but according to the Giffords Law Center, to prevent gun violence, Kentucky allows anyone, 21 or Older who is legally authorized to purchase a firearm to carry it in concealed, carry it concealed in public. There are no legally mandated state waiting periods or background checks. Kentucky in 2020 had the 13th highest, highest gun death rate in the country. I mean, there's no red flag law there. It was already a problem, clearly. What is the reluctance to say, hey, listen, we understand the Second Amendment is sacrosanct, yes. But there should be some reasonable restrictions. I know that I'm going to go out today after the show, and there is a chance that I could get run over by a car. I understand. I take that risk every single day, just the risk of random accident. But there are rules governing how cars can operate on the roads and in and in cities. There are stoplights. There are stop signs. There are crosswalks. They have to go on the road and not the sidewalk. There are rules making me safer as I walk down the street. In so many places across this country, there are absolutely no rules beyond a 21 age limit for guns how is that
4: Katie and, and look we can talk about the NRA but the group it's the people that are out there in the districts that tell legislators oh no no this is a slippery slope if you do something to me a legislator now a conservative Republican legislator I believe can go forward and say look there's some reasonable things we can do As governor, I can't tell you how frustrated I was by the fact that I couldn't get more done when I was there. These, but I can tell you what would move them: if all of a sudden there were, on a consistent basis, 5,000, 10,000 people on the lawns of the state house, those politicians would shrivel up. They would live in fear of the fact that they might lose their jobs. And some places you've seen reforms happen after tragedies like this, but all too often it doesn't happen. So, Katie, again, it's in the it's in our hands. You know, I would love to be able to be part of a million person. March to D.C., to Washington, D.C., to the Lincoln Memorial, to be able to say enough is enough already. You know, that's that's what I think has to happen.
0: What is it going to take? I agree with I agree with the man. If if the public really started on electing those people who are in the bag for The nra and other organizations that are preventing good policies towards uh, about guns it would be all over these guys are it's not like politicians are brave people these politicians go where they think the wind is blowing or where they're getting the most cash but if they get cash but the winds are not blowing to get them or keep them elected the cash means absolutely nothing so again it's still in the hands of people, It's still in the hands of our democracy if we would simply exercise it, if we would simply use our minds to attain the things that we know are best for our humanity or best for society. So, folks, please, it's not all that difficult. Vote these guys who support these weapons of war. Vote them out and start voting people in who will really save the lives of your kids, your own lives, and many more. Something may happen here. The Democratic governor lost friends, actual friends in this last killing, and several Republicans lost friends in this last killing. So maybe since it's hit so close to home, as we know, many of these guys are lacking severely in empathy. Well, when it hits closer to home, Empathy no longer kicks in, but existen- existentialism does. We Absolutely a lot, a lot of- so. And again, uh, thank you, Radnan, for bringing up that post again, because I, I'm going to address that first of all. Roberto Davenport, Robert P. Davenport, where the hell have you been? Dropped you a line, but you, we get. you know what we get? We get a, a can response from the, e- well, at least from the email that's in our system for you. I've been, I, I thought about, you know, we haven't seen Robert Davenport in a while. First of all, thank you so kindly for that super chat, Brother Davenport. It's much appreciated. He says, greetings progressives, ban weapons of war, not books. Hey, the previous video that I showed with uh, Morgan uh, McCarvey, that's exactly what he accused the, the Republicans justifiably of doing. They want to ban books. They want to ban pronouns. But Davenport, guess what? You're right. They want they want books. They want to ban books, but they would do nothing about banning weapons of war. Hey, man, uh, send me your, your the email that you actually checked so that I can keep that on record as I keep MCPs and, and, and a few other of our folks out here. Uh, my brother um anyway um let's see what what else i got here um this is important i mean i only got a minute but i want to read uh what um uh (laughs) thank you um guns don't kill people like cars don't kill people like drinking alcohol don't keep people uh while driving okay i get it you get it uh paul abq says paul laws against duis exist as do laws a uh, losing car. If you're arrested for DUIs, exactly, exactly. Uh, Bruce Pollard said Kasich would have been president. You know how you know Kasich could have been president. You know who was one of Kasich's good friends who's a, he's appointed to do certain things. Bernie Sanders' own Nina Turner. Remember how Nina Turner was one of Bernie Sanders' political uh, po- political assistants, political managers, or uh, political directors. And he actually got along with Nina Turner, who was once a senator in, uh, in in the state in the state legislature in Ohio. So I think you're right. I mean, I think he could have made a a, a fairly good uh, a fairly good president. I would have taken him over Trump. I wouldn't have taken him over Hillary. I wouldn't have taken him over any of the major Democrats that were running. I would have taken him over the, the guy who who's a Starbucks guy. Uh, you know who I mean. I don't know what's wrong with my mind. Sometimes I forget these guys' names that I shouldn't forget anymore. Anyway, folks, let's see what else we got here before I go. Guessing Zero Breach. Iberto Willis, how many drag queens have killed this week? Who knows? <laughs> None. I don't think any of them have. But, you know, people with AK-7. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, E2247 says, Ford pardoned Nixon for all offenses against U.S. He committed or may have committed or taken part of in 20, uh, from 20 Jan 1969 through August 1974. So sick was Ford, then all U.S. now. I agree. Uh, okay, what else have I got? I think I'm pretty much done here. But folks, uh, please remember to share all our links. Please remember also to um, check out our podcast at, uh, you know, and share, share it all. Let's make sure people hear all the things that we talk about here. Um, oh, I didn't do my ask. Please support us by going to politicsdoneright.com support. That's the only one I have time to give right now. Politicsdoneright.com support. Una vez más, politicsdoneright.com support. There are many options there in which you can support our program to make sure we can continue doing what we're doing. Um, Thank you so kindly for being a part of the program. Thank you, all of you that showed up for a minute. I was wondering, where was everybody in the beginning of the program today? And then folks started to come in, and then the other networks started to kick in. So I guess it was just on a delay. Anyway, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc.